Welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work for social justice. That's right. Each week we'll bring something new to the table, discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Aaron is up this week. Mm-hmm. What have mm-hmm. you brought to the table today? Yeah, I am bringing the SNCC Digital Gateway as our media this week. Yeah. This is a huge, huge digital archive of people who are involved or connected with SNCC, uh, which is the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Good. Uh, it features so many stories about the work that SNCC did, yeah. a ton of resources with lessons learned, conversations with organizers past and present, list of books written by SNCC organizers, and honestly, a, a, a ton more Yeah, uh, that would be, it's there's so much here, it's hard to summarize what all is there. Yeah, It's all great. There's so much great stuff, uh, and it's hard to figure out where to start uh, <laughs> even. But uh, one of the things I thought would help uh, to sort of ground our conversation is a little blurb from the top of the homepage okay. that says, quote, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee was the only national civil rights organization led by young people, organized in 1960 and mentored by the legendary black organizer Ella Baker. SNCC activists became full-time organizers, working with community leaders to build local grassroots organizations in the Deep South. So there's a ton here, (laughs) um, as I have said a few times now, that we can talk about. And, you know, we still won't even really scratch the surface of all of the information in here. No way. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. With all that, where do you want to start? This was a really incredible website and resource. Uh, It's it's hard to think about where to start. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think in so many ways it was a little overwhelming. uh, But, honestly, in such a great way. And and that's because there's just so much to learn on this website, on this digital archive that Mm -hmm. I think so brilliantly showcases the the path past, present, and, and future work and, and sort of legacy of SNCC, right? Yeah. And so I'm I'm really glad that you brought this to the table and we have this opportunity to amplify it here on the on our podcast. Um, you know, this website, sort of as you reference, tells the story of this incredible organization that yes. did so much to organize young people, young activists and 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 their local communities in their local communities. Um, in the South to to make real change happen for black people in this country. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool to learn about so many of the great leaders within SNCC, folks we know about like Ella Baker, Julian Bond, Harry Belafonte, Stokely Carmichael, Medgar Evers, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. And like I said, we know those folks, but it also was amazing, I think, to learn about new people who yes. I either hadn't heard about or you know know very little about. And one of the folks that really st- stood out to me that I want to talk about was Gloria Richardson, born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, my home, to mm-hmm. a family of activists. And she ultimately became uh, a leader of Cambridge, Maryland's arm of SNCC. Mm-hmm. And she was a badass. Like she was radical in her work and in her activism and in her recognition of how racism permeated sort of every aspect of life in this country. 
And what was really cool to sort of read about and learn more about was how some of her radical beliefs and and stances were difficult for even the national civil rights movement mm. to deal with and 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 comprehend and you know uh, but her story I think is one of perseverance and it's inspiring in terms of thinking about the work that is happening and is necessary today right like how you stand in your convictions and your beliefs um I think is just is there's a lot to learn from from her story so that was just really cool to to, to read about and learn mm. about from this website. Yeah, absolutely. I need to go back and read um, read her story. Yes, that'd, that'd yes. Be great. Um, the people section in general is incredible. Yeah. Um, there is a large list of people who are involved, and then there is a list of SNCC staff members. There's a list of mentors and allies, lists of local organizers in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Maryland, as you mentioned, yep. Mississippi, and Virginia. And then there's a huge list of Freedom Summer volunteers. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think there's another list on that page, too. So the Freedom Summer volunteer list just is a list of names. Right. But those other pages, it's a list of names with pages attached. So you yeah. can click their name and then go learn about them. Absolutely. Uh, and find extra stuff about them. Like yes. some of them I clicked through and I saw interviews that yes. they gave later in life or reports that they wrote for SNCC, all kinds of stuff and really great things that you can use to dig into the story of the folks who were involved, which is just super cool. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so I want to mention a few people uh, who are listed among the hundreds in the archive. <laughs> One is a pair of folks, Anne and Carl Braden, who were a white couple. They were reporters for racial and economic justice that beat in the South at the Louisville Times. They bought a house for Andrew Wade and his family. The Wades were a black family, and because uh, they hadn't been successful in buying a house due to the openly white supremacist restrictions at that time. And so the Bradens helped them buy a house. Uh, and this was right before the Brown v. Board of Education was decided uh, and handed down you know, the decision to desegregate things. Right. Uh, and so it caused a whole stir in the community and wow. the bank i think rescinded the mortgage oh my goodness uh, all kinds of stuff happened wow. uh, but the bradens you know went out of their way to to do that yes. um and so um Anne and Carl Braden are big heroes for yeah. white people who are doing racial justice work. I love that. And the other person I want to mention is Myrtle Glasgow. Okay. Um, she was raised in Washington, D.C. and lived for a while in Baltimore after getting her master's degree at the University of Pennsylvania. So that was all before uh, she started working at the Arkansas Freedom Summer Project, where she was the director of the Freedom School in West Helena, which she did because she was called to do work with children as a social worker, mm. I think that's what her degree was in. The, the site didn't say, but she started working as a social worker in Baltimore after getting her degree. Okay. Um, and on her page, there is an interview that was recorded with her in 2010, right down the road here in Capitol Heights. Oh, wow. Um, and so, you know, if you think about the Bradens and Myrtle Glasgow and all the people listed in the archive, they're all people who felt the pull to do the work to create change. That's right. And they knew that their liberation was tied up in the liberation of the folks around them, whether they were white or well-educated or, you know, well-off in some way. It wasn't just about their own comfort or ability to make it. Everybody needed to make it. Everybody needed to have the situation changed yes. for them to feel like they were 
going to be okay. Yeah. I love those stories. I love, you know, the connection to Gloria Richardson. And like, you're right. Like all of these folks are doing this work uh, because as you say, they're li- they, they recognize that their liberation was tied to everyone's liberation and um, that this work was necessary and needed mm-hmm. to happen sort of at, at potentially at great risk to themselves. I mean, the the story of those white folks buying that home for that black family is 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 risky, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's that's incredible. And I, and again, that speaks to this just how many folks are on this website. <laughs> like, there's so yep. many people to learn about. So um, I loved that section. I also um, thought that one of the most fascinating parts of the website was the Our Voices section. Mm -hmm. Um, There there had to be dozens. That's not even accurate. It had to be a whole lot more. Videos, audio recordings in this section, alongside just incredible history and stories and, and narratives about the work and ideas and themes that were important to SNCC and its organizers and its activists. And, and so that included things like how SNCC understood the importance of the notion of black power as a catalyst in their work, yeah. um, to the role that women played in SNCC's work, to uh, the importance and the role that learning from their victories and their setbacks played in their work, yeah. um, to even how like music was such a critical played such a critical role in their efforts and and for their people and and so one of the features in the section that I really enjoyed were the audio recordings in sort of the becoming snick uh, portion of this section and they were narrated by Charlie Cobb who was uh, a field secretary for snick in the the 1960s sort of the mid 1960s and Charlie helped tell some of the story of how the organization got its start uh, and and why they embraced the practice of nonviolence in their work. Mm-hmm. And and I, that was just really cool and, and just amazing to be able to hear directly from people, right? That sort of those firsthand accounts, right? That sort of in the moment accounts really uh, from the people who were there with this organization from the jump. I mean, it just it's just incredible yeah. to me that this website has all of this content for us to consume. Yeah, all of that is so, I don't know, it's amazing to see how much documentation was was kept up. Yeah. And how just how much history was preserved to be able to talk this clearly and, and demonstrate this much about Absolutely. the work that they did and yeah. who they were. So another part of the site dives into the background of stories called Inside SNCC. Yeah. And there's pages in there that explain the origins of the organization, the national office field projects and and um, additional offices, SNCC culture, alliances and relationships, policy statements, and just a lot, a lot more. Yeah. Um, and the page I want to talk about, which I just included in the a lot more, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my previous sentence, is called Culture and Education, where they talk about their theory for education, which was to, quote, empower the people who were most marginalized by white power. Mm. This bottom-up approach to organizing meant that cultural and educational work was infused in and central to SNCC's work. So, so great. Yes. They talk about all the work that they did to counteract the complicated voter registration exams that were prevalent across the South with workshops and political education efforts that included uh, even something like a comic book. Oh, wow. Um, so they're trying to reach all kinds of audiences. Yes. They talk about freedom singing, which were songs that the organizers taught one another to calm and empower each other 
uh, as they faced down white supremacy right in their face. Mm-hmm. It also eased some of the fear that locals had about the movement work and that work was happening. Yeah. And they mentioned, quote, people clapped and sang along with songs that expressed freedom in the face of oppression and courage in the face of danger. And people were carried away with the emotion and power that that singing generated. Mm. Um, I think it's just a really powerful example of cultural work that transcends the simplicity of the actual act of wow. singing, yeah. right, or the actual act of creating a comic book to talk about voter registration, yes. or you know, putting together a workshop to talk yes. about and help people understand how to get through the literacy exams. All of this is bigger than the sum of its parts, and so it's all just really amazing examples of how they worked together to face the white power structure. Yeah. And I love that. I love particularly thinking about, we've talked about, um, we've had other media here at the table that we, when we've talked about organizing work, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a clear example of how you need to take care of your people. Right. Yeah. And really, as you say, such a sort of a powerful way to do that, you know, teach each other these songs and to keep people motivated and inspired and, and, and settled mm-hmm. as they do this work. So that's, that's awesome. That was definitely a, a great piece of this website. One of the other pieces of the website, and again, we're, we're scratching the surface here, folks, yep. uh, the today's section of this website, mm-hmm. I think it was a tremendous resource to sort of the present day organizing work and, and the activists who are doing that work right now and and how snick's work its victories its challenges its lessons can all be useful in that work and so um, they accomplished this through a number of videos featuring current activists reflecting on snick's work and and relevance today and trying to answer some really big questions and and challenges mm-hmm. that present-day activists and organizers are facing in fact one of the statements on the website of this section said this about the today section Quote, these questions and the answers of today's organizers speak to the enduring themes at the heart of SNCC's work, uniting with local people to build a grassroots movement for change that empowered black communities and transformed the nation. The reasoning behind SNCC's thinking and the lessons they learned continue to resonate today. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, with all of these sections, uh, this one had such great content. And I would encourage anyone who's really actively engaged in organizing work to check it out because you know the, the, the lessons around how to build coalitions, how to sustain your organizing work and your members, you know, how to address conflict within your organization and, and, and so on, I think are just a great resource to have if you're engaged in that kind of work. Yeah, it's there's really great examples of all of that. And, you know, like I said before, there's a I think it's an Ella Baker field report yeah. of all the things that SNCC had done in a specific year. So just really great resources to look back on and check that stuff out hey damien hey aaron you know what's coming up what's that uh at least once this unseasonable heat wave ends okay it's my favorite season Ooh, Mm -hmm. the fall of the white supremacist capitalist imperialist patriarchy (laughs) you know october yes Uh, and with that comes some cooler temperatures and as the cool kids call it sweater weather or hoodie season i love sweater weather that's right this is the 
best season, the Indeed. fall, as you call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you didn't know, folks listening, we've got a merch store where you can get a hoodie for the fall. Indeed. In fact, we've got lots of great apparel for the fall. We've got a few hoodies on our site, a long sleeve shirt, a nice pair of jogger pants, and even a mug for your hot cocoa or whatever you want to put in that thing. Indeed. And if you buy something now with promo code 15OFF, that's 150FF, you'll get 15% off your total purchase. And you can use that code up until October 31st. So go ahead and get cozy for spooky season. Hashtag spooky season. I love it. Just visit our website, interdependentstudy.com, and click the merch link on the top menu, and you'll be transported directly to our store. And don't forget to use the promo code 15OFF. Man, I can't wait to see all this merch out there in the wild. I love it. All right, well, this feels like a good time to shift and talk about how this all applies to our day-to-day lives. Um, You know, we've been basically saying the same thing that I'm about to say, but I think this organization is a blueprint in so many ways for how to face down systems of oppression that are much bigger than any of us individually. Yeah. Um, You know, the cultural and educational work they did, political education, voter registration, bringing people together uh, in unity around a cause and and organizing them and giving them the tools that they needed to be successful in that work uh, and learning from their failure. All of it was changing the culture of the world around them and opening up the structures as they existed in that time um, to allow people to live more fully and participate more fully in the, the world around them in ways that had been shut off to them for decades, for centuries, forever. Right. Uh, And, uh, in so many ways, their work changed the way that we exist in the United States today. And so much of how they did that work is documented here in this archive. And I think that that is uh, in some way magic. Yeah. But I don't want to mystify it too much because they were also people. Real people. They were real people. They are just regular people. Yeah. And they cared and they knew that... They had to do something to make change. And, you know, this documents that. I'm just sitting here looking at you because I think that might be some of the most uh, well-articulated, beautiful, brilliant application (laughs) that you've ever brought to the table. And and I think it speaks volumes to... You're right. The work of SNCC and the mm-hmm. work that they did, and the 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 application and the and the ways in which we can continue to build upon all that they did, right? Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's not. It, it's magic, but it's not uh, mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, I when I was trying to think about application, you know, this I think this the application of this digital archive connects so beautifully to so much of what we've been talking about here on the podcast, certainly from the jump. But as recently as last week, when we talked about the amazing book, Our History Has Always Been Contraband. Yeah, true uh, story. Talk about history they don't want us to know. Right, (laughs) right. And then, boom, this beautiful website exists. And it it details so much of the history of this incredible organization that is SNCC and the work Mm -hmm. that SNCC did throughout history in the pursuit and the fight for social justice in this country, right? Mm-hmm. And I and at every click, at every turn of the digital page, it just reminded me that this history is important. This history, this work is important for all of us to, to know, to learn about, to learn from, and to mm-hmm. use in our lives, in our work. And, and it's important that young people are learning about this in schools, right? Young people mm-hmm. are learning about 
these young people that were in SNCC doing yeah. this work, right? And you know, otherwise, I think we we're bound to regress as a society, as a country, and and we're bound to have racism and white supremacy and the like prevail. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's my application. That this entire website is the application, and it's so incredibly useful for all of us, and quite frankly, for our collective liberation. Yeah, well said. That's yeah, really thank great. you. Yeah. <laughs> I had big shoes to step uh, into. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about homework. How are we going to continue to learn about this beyond our conversation today? What um, isn't there not yeah, to learn, right? Yeah, there's so much in here. It's hard to narrow down. Um, you know, most of the pages throughout this archive have a list of sources. So the potential homework here is nearly limitless. I love it. Um, one of the things that's referenced is the Anne Braden Oral History Project, connected to me mentioning Anne and Carl Braden earlier. Yeah. Um, and that's hosted by the University of Kentucky Libraries. So they have a whole project Um not just about Ann Braden, but about other people too. That's awesome. Um, there are also 35 books written by SNCC veterans listed, one of which I want to call out, which I think we've mentioned here before. It's called This Nonviolent Stuff Will Get You Killed, mm-hmm. How Guns Made the Civil Rights Movement Possible. And that's by Charles Cobb, who you mentioned earlier. Yes. And another one that's on the other recommended reading list is by Barbara Ransby, and it's called Ella Baker and the Black Freedom Movement, a Radical Democratic Vision. And another one uh, is by Howard Zinn and it's called SNCC, The New Abolitionists. So seriously, just so many resources to continue to learn from. You know, all those, the 35 books written by SNCC veterans, a lot of them tell the story of their experiences in SNCC and how they um, participated in that. There's a lot of like autobiographical stuff there and and so much more as well so there's just a, there's a ton of things to look at here to continue to learn from not just in the archive but also in the things that they reference yeah. uh, and the things that they point us to as can as additional resources i love that yeah i mean the titles of those books alone like how could mm-hmm. you how could you not want to read them yeah, yeah exactly. um and so i love that homework i think my homework sort of aligns with that there's an entire sort of section of the website called resources and sort of mm-hmm. before we sat down to record, I realized I hadn't really clicked through much of that just because there's so much on this website. And so I know that there are opportunities to learn more about how SNCC's work and, and legacy can continue to help inspire and fuel the work of today. In that section, I know that there are videos to watch and and to learn more about SNCC veterans that you talk about. There's more books, there's even podcasts to continue the learning. And so I just kind of want to spend some more time in that section, figure out what do I want to pull from? Uh, what do I want to bring here to the table? And, that, mm-hmm. you know, again, with a website like this, there's just so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's constant. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it for this week. All right. Uh, and you're up next time. So what are you bringing to the table in our next episode? That is how this works. Yeah. Um, I am going to bring an article to the table for us for our next episode. Uh, the article that I found is called Cop City and the Silencing of Dissent. Mm. Uh, and was published by The Nation and was written by Corey Bush and Rashida Tlaib, who are, of course, both United States representatives, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, and I wanted to bring this piece or, or something like it to the table because we were just recently talking about, you know, the Stop Cop City movement, both on and off of these mics. And so I wanted to I really wanted to find something to allow us to bring this back up, talk about recent developments and updates uh, about what's been going on with that movement. We talked about this movement 
oh, I guess a few months ago, right mm-hmm. at this point. Um, Back in January, I think January, February, January, February. February. Yeah. Wow, it is September, folks. Yeah. Uh, um, and so I, I found this piece, and the subheading for the article uh, reads this. Quote, officials in Georgia are covering up the police killing of a protester and waging a chilling assault on the right to protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's a, definitely a lot in this in this article. It's not terribly lengthy, but it's it's got some meat to it. And so I'm just really looking forward to reading it and getting to talk more about Stop Cop City um, yeah. and, and the work that's been happening by those great activists and, and, and where we stand with this. Yeah. And I know the... RICO charges that came through that um, that court document is full of just wild stuff. Yeah, like I've seen a few lawyers and organizers post about it on Instagram, I think, and yep. and just call out specific sections that are just blatantly false. Bogus. Or, yeah, and it's uh, so it's very interesting um, to see that this, this see this these charges come through um, for the forest defenders in Georgia and see them get RICO charges in the same place that Trump got RICO Uh charges and sort of seeing a parallel there in terms of how the state apparatus will use these kinds of things to silence dissent and silence organizers who are doing work to um, stop something that they think should not happen. Yeah. Uh, So, all, all of that and more is is all wrapped up in this conversation. So absolutely, yeah. and yeah, and this this article definitely they they address that they address those recoup charges, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation about it. Absolutely, next time. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do here, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating or review, share a podcast with the people in your life, follow us on social media, check us out on YouTube. Sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we got going on behind the scenes. That's right. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.